So we're here at the top of Hoodoo Ski Bowl, Tim Patterson trade show guy, trade show guy Monday morning coffee. And uh, well, it's morning and I need some coffee. So yeah, uh, this is looking due north. You see Three Finger Jack nearest. You see to the left of that, Mount Washington. To the left of that and way over the hill is the very tip top of Mount Hood. Uh, over here is Sand Mountain. It's a lookout. There's another lift which is closed because there's not much snow here. If you look south, you get Mount Washington and beyond that the Three Sisters. That lake down below is a big lake and uh, it's iced over. It's pretty cold. My hands are freezing. It's about 25 degrees. <laughs> But the wind has died down, so that's not bad. Anyway, uh, this week on Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee had a really interesting interview with Ruth Failer, who is a CTSM, Certified Trade Show Marketer. And we talked a bit about that as well as how to be successful at trade show marketing. Enjoy. I'm Tim Patterson, Trade Show Guy, and I've got Ruth Failer, a CTSM Silver Level Exhibitor Strategist. What in the heck is an exhibitor strategist, Ruth? Oh, hi, by the way. Hello, by the way. <laughs> what I do is I work with the trade show exhibitor from day one if they'll, if they'll bring me on board that early. And if they're thinking about going to a trade show for the first time, sometimes it's usually a new exhibitor or somebody who's been an exhibitor for a little while and have not had success. And I take them through and I walk, work with them with their, their, their booth staff. So I actually train their booth staff and work with them on sales skills. And then I also work with them on their marketing, their pre-show marketing, their post-show follow-up, and then what's happening at, at the show as well, goal setting. So there's a lot to dig into there. And, and so I'm, I'm curious, what are some of the main problems that your clients face that holds them back from being as successful as they would like to be? What kind of challenges do they run into? I think what happens is they take a look and they say, wow, there's going to be 20,000 or 30,000 attendees there. So they'll come to my booth. <laughs> and they don't realize that if they aren't inviting somebody to their booth, nobody's going to come because people usually, and there's a very large percentage of companies that have an agenda before they walk into the show. And that's the key is that people have an agenda. They make a list of who they want to see. And especially if it's in a destination, if it's in Las Vegas, the last thing people want to do is hang out in the trade show. They want to go to the trade show, get their work done, get out and go play. So they've and, got a list of places they got to stop. And, and then yep. once they do that, they take care of business and then they go play. That's right. That's right. exactly what happens. And if you're not on the list, all this money that you spent on this trade show and all the things that you've bought for it is a complete waste. Because if your prospective customers, your qualified buyers aren't in that booth, you've wasted all your time. So if you don't plan some pre-show marketing, you're just going to basically take a chance that people will find you, and certainly some will, but th that, that's just kind of a, a low bar to cross in a sense. And so uh, how do you reach out to these people? Where do you find those people? How do you know that they're going to be at the show? What kind of things do you, you look at for that? Well, first thing that, that the exhibitor should do is take a look at their wish list. Who do they want to meet at the show? A lot of times, they can't get in the door just by calling or, you know, go, they can't get through the gatekeepers in many cases to a lot of the customers they really want to see. But there's a chance they're going to be at the show. And this is their opportunity to find out who's going to be at the show. A lot of times, some trade shows will offer an attendee list. Sometimes you don't get to see it and you have to do a blind, blind mail out to them, but it may be worth doing it that way. 
but you want to actually invite your, your people on your wish list. You also want to invite your existing customers because a lot of times your existing customers have never seen your face. They've never talked to you. They may know one small product that you might sell, but they might not know the whole gamut because they've always bought this one thing from you and something else from your competitor. And then by the time they're done, they're all over the place. But if you can get them to come into you and see all that you offer, you might be able to build that sale even bigger. So there's certainly a limited number of ways you can reach out to them. Email, postcards, making a phone call, sending something that's, uh, you know, what they call the, the big, uh, the, the, the clunk mail that clunks when it hits a desk. And they go, I got to open that, you know. So uh, what works best uh, or do you just need to try a, a lot of different things? It's a combination. It's definitely a combination. And your industry might have one thing that's better than another. Uh, using an email blast works really well as far as if your customers are looking at that. And if they're used to hearing from you and you let them know you're going to be at a show, social media, there's a lot of, depends on what their industry is, what your industry is. Most industries have a trade magazine. You can put an advertisement in there as well, saying your booth number, reminding people to come to your booth. You're usually they're on a website that shows the list of exhibitors for that trade show. And you can put your name on there, you know, make sure that your name and your bio and your, your information from about your company is on there as well. There's a, you have to not just stick with one. Right. It's a so you got this uh, exhibit that's going to be at the show. What kind of things do they need to bring? You, you, you gave me some questions and one that really caught my eyes. What is the most important thing to bring to the show? What do you, what do you answer with that? Trained booth staff. <laughs> that's the key. I, you know, I would, I would agree with you a hundred percent. Everything else can look great, but if your booth staff is not aware of what they're doing, you're going to fail. So what, what kind of things does your booth staff need to know? They need to know, how to qualify a customer. They need to know trade show sales skills. A lot of times a company will bring their outside sales staff from all over the country, bring them into a booth. Well, the last thing an outside salesperson wants to do is be closed into a booth. They don't like booths. <laughs> they like to walk around. They like to know exactly where they're going and who they're going to go see. They're not prepared for having to wait, in a sense, wait for people to come to them. And having them understand the trade show skills, the sales skills that involve being in that box, no matter how size, what, what size that box is, but being in that box and how do they sell a little bit differently than they would if they were out on the road. And that's, I think, one of the big keys. And also making sure that they understand that any lead they get should be a qualified lead. And if it's not, they should market as so. If they don't think they're going to, because what happens is at the end of the show, if let's say you have this, we'll giveaways in a minute, <laughs> sure. <laughs> but let's say they get a ton of leads. And a lot of people judge the trade show by how many leads they have, right. which is not the way I would recommend you judge your trade show. But if you judge your trade show by how many leads you have, then your goal is to get a bunch of leads. Well, when it comes back time to following up, after a while, people will drop off because sales reps do not want to do not want to call on leads that aren't qualified, that yeah. aren't going to be important to them. They got better things to do. So, if every lead is a potential buyer, what sales rep would not want to follow up on that? Because each one is, you know, is a potential buyer. So, everyone you talk to at the show, you've gone through a process to qualify them. You you've made sure that they are in the market for what you're, what you're selling. They, you've got the, the budget to do it. They've got maybe a decision-making process in place that gets them to a decision in the next you know, little while, whether it's a couple of weeks or a couple of months or whatever, depending on the, the product you're selling. So you've gone through those steps to make sure 
they're qualified and then that name gets passed on. Is that the kind of thing you're looking exactly. at? Yeah. Exactly. Usually you, a lot of times you can do it even at the, right at the show within, within two minutes, you should be able to qualify somebody. Yeah. And so that takes some training because a lot of people don't know what questions to ask and, uh, and, and they want to have a long conversation because they're just sitting there answering questions. But, you know, to me, one of the tricks, of course, is that you want to qualify or disqualify quickly to move on to the next one. Because if you, you're talking to someone for 20 minutes that's really not qualified, uh, you're wasting your time and his. Exactly. So, yeah. Right. So when it comes to, um, uh, you know, being at a trade show with all these exhibitors, not every exhibitor is going to the show for the same reason. I'm sure, I'm sure that they, a lot of them want to sell, but for instance, I work with a client that really wants to go there and, and make a really big presence known. Mm -hmm. uh, so they have a different, different approach to it, I guess. Um, you know, they just want to show that they're the big dog in their market. Um, and so they, they aren't really there to sell. They're there to connect with their, their, um, their clients and possibly meet new distributors and things like that. Is that a, a different approach you think as far as the booth staff itself? It's not too much different because even though you're not selling, you're, in a, you're still selling, you're selling yourself because if those, if those, uh, if you're okay, if you're in a large, if you're trying to get contacts, but you want to get still, you want to get contacts that are interested in you. You're still have that same goal. If you just want to show that you're the big dog, but you don't really, you're not looking to do business with any of them. I, I can't believe that. I think well, you want to continue business and you want to show them the new products and things like that. But most of them that you really want to talk to are already doing business with. And that's really important to talk to your existing customers or people who may have heard of you, but don't know you yet. Meeting them and sitting down and talking to them. Usually you can do that. Maybe even at a table, you can entertain them later on. But being able to talk to them and to show you why you're the big dog, really, you're, you, the goal is to show them why you're the big dog, not exactly. just the big dog. <laughs> and by doing that, that's where your knowledgeable group staff come in. I'm curious. Uh, a lot of companies give away stuff, uh, swag. You know, it's, it's kind of fun. Depending on the trade show, people go through with a bag and they just try to <laughs> fill the bag up a time or two. Uh, and they get home with you know pens and bounty balls and all sorts of stuff, uh, cups and things. So what are, your, what are your thoughts on giveaways and swag? Are there good reasons to do that? Are there reasons to stay away from some of those things? I'm a big fan of parting gifts versus giveaways. And that way you've spent that time, you and I were just talking about that, you spend that time with somebody, they're qualified, and you say, wow, now I want to give them something. Mm -hmm. And maybe those, those, that swag, that parting gift is a little more expensive than what somebody would get trick-or-treating uh, through the trade show convention center. It's something that they will remember. And that way it's, wow, it was great talking to you. I'd like to give you a little something. Right. And that way you, they've got something to, that they're going to hold on to and they're going to remember they just spent maybe 20 minutes with you or 15, 20 minutes with you. And this gift is a, is a reminder of that. They're less apt to hand it away. Give it away. <laughs> so, so a premium more of a gift than, than uh, just like the pen or the, the letter opener, things like that. So exactly. the more thought goes into that, you probably want to work with um, – a promotional products expert that can come up with that perfect gift or that, that, that giveaway that, you, that, that fits with that situation. Exactly. Think. And right. usually I do work with my client on that. We'll talk about different, I have some promotional companies that I work with and let them know exactly what we're looking for and who we're trying to target. Uh, we're talking with Ruth Failer. Just a couple more things before we wrap it up, Ruth. Uh, so you're a CTSM. What is that? So for our, for viewers and listeners who don't know. Well, I was an, I've been an exhibitor. I was an exhibitor for over 15 years. And 
I thought I knew everything when I was an exhibitor. When I left the company that I was, you know, that we were exhibit, you know, I was an exhibitor at, I started my own company. And when I started my own company, I heard about exhibitors. So I didn't know about exhibitor, the exhibitor magazine, the, the organization. Magazine, right? Right. It's a corporation. And they have an incredible learning opportunity that you can get a CTSM, which is a certified trade show marketer certification. And what I did was I went to these courses, fact, it's going to happen very soon in March yes. again. And I took the courses and, and I learned a lot about things that I thought I already knew about, but then, and they give you the upcoming trends. And I've stayed up to date on that on exhibitor. And so I've gotten, it's the certificate is through Northern Illinois university and it's called a certified trade show marketer credential. And they have different levels. I'm at the silver level of that. Right. And I, I have heard about this it's, and, and read about it. And it is a very, very good program. And the fact that it's, you get uh, basically college credit certificate or whatever you, that re re references, I think that's a really good thing. And if you are in that industry and uh, you want, I would guess a couple things. You're going to learn a lot. Number two, if you're shopping for a job, that's a great thing to have at the end of your name. Sure. I would think so. Uh, and finally, um, where can people find you? I'm on the web at besttipsofthetrade.com. Okay. And I'm also on Facebook with Tips of the Trade. My personal name, Ruth Thaler, is on LinkedIn. Okay. We'll send some people your way. Ruth, it's been a pleasure chatting with you this morning. I learned a lot. Oh, great. I did too. Thank you. All right, so I'm uh, back here at the top of Hoodoo Steeble, Central Oregon. I um, wanted to do this because one reason I keep coming back here is because it's home to me, uh, in a sense. Although I'm 90 miles east of where I live, this is where I grew up. If you go, you look at that mountain there, that mountain is a, it's a little rock called Hog Rock, H-O-G-G. -G. Hog is a... Um, it was a gentleman that tried to build a railroad in the 1800s from the Oregon coast over to Central Oregon. Never succeeded, but he got a big rock named after him. Just to the right of that, in these trees over there, you'll see uh, where it hasn't burned. There was a fire here in 2003. Uh, a place called Sandingham Lodge, which is where I grew up. It's a lodge built by the CCC, the FDR Works Program, in the 1930s. Uh, same CCC that built Timberline Lodge, which is about 100 miles or so north of here on the flanks of Mount Hood, which is up there. Anyway, that's where I grew up, and I'll give you a history and math test here. Uh, you can figure some things out uh, if you figure this out. I was six years old when our family moved up, and so I lived here for the next um, 12 years. From first through 12th grade, I lived here, went into Sisters and Bend to go to school, but uh, I did that the year we moved up was two years before the Beatles invaded America. So do some math on that and uh, you'll figure out how old I am. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's it. Let's go back to your regularly scheduled program and back to the studio. All right, back from the mountain, I guess. I'm Tim Patterson, founder and owner of Trade Show Guy Exhibits. Uh, if you didn't know, we're a company that uh, works with clients who are looking to upgrade their trade show presence or increase their trade show marketing ROI and make a bigger splash at the shows where they exhibit. Uh, want to invite you to subscribe to the podcast at iTunes. And if you aren't already there, be sure to visit the Trade Show Guy blog, which is where we post this, as well as you can subscribe at iTunes. Uh, visit the Trade Show Guy Exhibits website. Uh, pick up a free digital copy of my first book at Trade Show Success at Trade Show Success Book. 
Com. Now, speaking of books, uh, my next one's coming along very fine. Uh, still finalizing the edits on the manuscript, which has been done for several weeks, uh, working on getting a cover done and getting some blurbs and a few other things. But my hope is, frankly, that it will be out by the end of March, maybe early April. We'll see. All right. This week's trade show tip of the week. Is that redundant? This week's tip of the week? It's redundant. <laughs> Uh, from the Department of Redundancy Department, uh, a few things to uncover about your trade show competitors at a show. You should always use a trade show to find out what your competitors are doing. That's not a bad thing. Uh, like, what's their presence, their trade show exhibit presence? Do they have a really big booth, a little one, a medium one? Is it bigger or littler or the same size that they had last year? Good things to note. Is it a different booth? Have they upgraded? Have they gone way over the top? Uh, are they downsizing? What products and services are they offering? Uh, anything new over last year, or is it the same stuff they've always offered? They have more people or less? Also, what's the attitude of the booth staffers? A very important thing. Uh, are they having a good time? Are they are they paying attention to visitors? Or you know, maybe they're eating a sandwich in the back of the booth or have their face stuck on their phone, uh, not paying much attention to visitors coming by. So attitude's a good thing to check out. Management of the other company or your competitors. Can you find a manager in the booth? Sometimes yeah, sometimes no. Sometimes they're at off-site meetings. Sometimes uh, companies are very good about having their managers there. It depends on the size of the company and their, their goals, but uh, that's a good thing to know. Another thing to check is, you know, just for fun, job openings. Some companies will openly advertise job openings. Not a lot, but every once in a while, I see a little sign, maybe on an easel. We have openings. Others will answer if you make a discreet inquiry. Lots of openings might mean the company's doing well, or it could mean, you know, a lot of turnover. Never know. So what can you uncover about your competitors by being a good observer of them at a trade show? Just about to wrap up this week's One Good Thing, the movie Phantom Thread. Starring Daniel Day-Lewis, Vicky Kripes, and Leslie Manville. There's, you know, nothing quite like seeing a new Daniel Day-Lewis movie for the first time in a meaty new role. And uh, he's just so good at what he does. He really just inhabits the character. This one, set in post-war London in the 50s, plays a renowned dressmaker whose fastidious life is disrupted by a young, strong-willed woman. And I've heard a few negative things about it um, from reviewers who kind of picked it apart, but... I don't know. I'm not a reviewer, except that I found it thoroughly enjoyable. I just love that time and place, London in the 50s, and Daniel Day-Lewis is really good. The supporting cast was just terrific, too. A lot of, I think there were six uh, Oscar nominees for this particular movie. It wouldn't surprise me to see Daniel Day-Lewis walk away with an Oscar, although, frankly, I think it's going to be hard to beat Gary Oldman as Winston Churchill in Darkest Hour, so we'll see about that. Uh, that's this week's One Good Thing. Have yourself a great week. Say goodbye, Scrappy. Say goodbye.